I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What a save from Mark Howard. Please welcome Gillingham goalkeeper Jake Turner. I was about 14 when I first um, went in goal. Hope your finger's not too bad because there was a Bolton scout there. So we played like United, City, Chelsea, they were all there. Millie's doing um doing very well at the moment at United. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with no goalie. The goalie. I love the symptoms. Have you seen him <laughs> playing goal before? Professional goalkeeper in yourself and uh Ben Amos. Professional goalkeeper <laughs> and me. <laughs> and I was on the bench at what like, 17. So my agent at the time obviously said Newcastle are interested. What took over my body there when I was singing <laughs> that song? <laughs> <laughs> the whites are going. Yeah. <laughs> so in that year, I trained with the uh, 23s at Newcastle, Carl Darlow, uh, Martin Dubravka and um, Rob Elliott. All thanks to you <laughs> and Aaron Ramsdale. Who taught you how to take your fingers? You did. <laughs> I play the best and train the best when I'm, when I'm happy, when I'm yeah. smiling. What a save from Mark Howard. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard, and my mate, producer Ben. Today I'm joined by another top young GK that I've had the pleasure of working with. Please welcome Gillingham goalkeeper, Jake Turner. Hi guys. How you doing, Jake? A bit of a nervous start there. You can say hello, mate. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot to say hi then. Yeah, I know. It's probably because I called you Jake, right? So I'll just get this out of the way that Jake's nickname is Large. Uh, obviously it's been your nickname since you was a kid because you're just always the tallest. You are 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, 6'5". Six, you should say six six. I just gave you an opportunity to big yourself up there, mate. Make yourself a bit bigger. Yeah, so I will be referring to you as large, and obviously you will normally call me Chomp anyway. Yeah. As I always like to start this off with uh, your beginning, your introduction to football. I know yours was a little bit later than most. Uh, what was it that made you become a goalkeeper? Yeah, so um, I was about 14 when I first um, went in goal. I was actually started out playing like striker, centre-mid, centre-back for like a, just a Sunday league team. And to be fair, our team was quite good. So obviously you get a bit bored when you when you uh you don't want to play in net, do you? So you I was like, oh, I got a bit bored, started playing outfield. My dad was actually the manager. And I turned to him one day. That always I was, helps. Yeah, it always helps. Even <laughs> had the armband and everything. You know? <laughs> 
Um, we had a good team, yeah. Dad was, <laughs> dad was gaffer. He played wherever I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, and then I played... Um, what happened? I, I think we went to a tournament, actually. And I was playing centre-back in this game. And weirdly, there was a United scout there. And he was stood next to my mum. Don't know how this happened. And he turned around and went, just said out loud, oh, I wish that big guy at the back was a goalkeeper because we need one. And my mum just turned around out of nowhere and went, oh, he's played in goal before. No way. <laughs> just trying to pick me up and that. So and then uh, started chatting, but obviously nothing, nothing happened. Um, and then, to be fair, like, like you say, in football, people you know and stuff like that. So we know uh, good family friends with the Mühlensteins. And obviously, René at the time was... Uh, the second-hand man to Fergie um, at United. So, obviously, he spoke to him and his, his son was at uh, United as well in the academy. Um, and he was like, oh, look, if you do want to start playing in there, like, come in, not as a trial, just, like, to see what goalkeeping is, is sort of about. Do a little bit of training. Yeah, see, see if it's you and, and see if you fancy it. So, I was like, yeah, I'll go in for two, three weeks. Um, went in, threw myself around. Obviously, I've never really played in net before, so I was probably crap. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, still crap now. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Uh, you'd have felt really unorthodox at that time, wouldn't you? All, yeah. All new to you, putting gloves on and that, and trying to throw yourself around. Yeah, I probably just went to the shops and bought bought some gloves as well, first pair. And uh, yeah, obviously going into a club like United, you obviously I'm nervous. I'm, I'm I know it's not a trial as as of such. So obviously I'm going in there just seeing seeing what it's about. And to be fair, I, I did that for two weeks. Came out of there. Um, and I think our goalkeeper was on holiday for the Sunday league team. So my dad was like, oh, Jay, do you fancy going in there? So I was like, yeah, I'll go in there. Like, I'm going to start trying to play in that now anyway. So yeah, I'll play. Um, so yeah, I played in that, in that game. Um, I think we were four nil, three nil down at half time. I think the second goal or the first goal, I got a back pass, took a touch, booted it, hit the striker. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I broke my finger at half time oh, as well. No way. Played the game. I think we ended up losing 4 0 or 4-1 or something. And my dad says to me, like, walk into the car with my dad, and he's like, Oh, Jacob, hope your finger's not too bad, because there was a Bolton scout there. No he was like, way. he was asking about the goal, and my dad was like, Oh, that's my son now. <laughs> so they were like, Yeah, they want you to come in and like next week. But this was maybe just before Christmas, I think. Um so then obviously That's I was a crazy like, introduction yeah, to your mental. first ever game of football. Mental. <laughs> in goal. So I was like, oh, I think I broke my finger. So and they're, they're, we spoke to them and we were like, oh, just come in January when it feels starts feeling better. Uh, so I obviously I was straight in there on, on trial at Bolton like, after, like I say, one game of playing the net, losing 4-0. <laughs> but obviously the height and everything just yeah. made, made them kind of made me stand out from, from everyone else. And then you obviously your trial would have just consisted in you going twice twice a week to train as a goalkeeper. Was it something that was just really bizarre to you at first? Yeah, it was it was like I say, completely different to what anything I've anything I've knew. Um I didn't really think, yeah, I'm gonna become a goalkeeper. Like I remember when I was when I was in year seven maybe at school, I went on trial at crew at centre back. So like it's mental how things happen. Like you just go different places, you get these different opportunities. But I was like I was fixed on them being a goalkeeper. Um, so was that yeah. the, the like that moment of getting offered that trial? You went, actually, I can make this work. I can do this. Yeah, well, obviously, I I started working with Sam Meek there, who uh, he was obviously a young goalkeeper coach at the time, so he could see something in me. 
don't know what he could see at the time because <laughs> I couldn't see it in myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, he could see something in me and he he, he kind of said to me, all you need is hard work and and to tweak a few things because you've got the the raw qualities. Um, and obviously working with him as as a young goalkeeper and a young he's a young goalkeeper coach, he, he put all his time into these hard drills. I remember doing sessions, run around the cone, dive, cone, dive, cone, dive. I was like, oh my God, what is this? But you needed that conditioning because you hadn't been playing in goal for very yeah. long. It's completely different fitness to sort of outfit. Obviously, you fit in you when you're when you're young, when you're a younger uh, young boy. But that nah, is exactly what I needed. And then yeah, so I I trialed there for I think it was four weeks, and they said straight away they they kind of went. It was meant to be an eight week trial, I think, or a six week trial. And then they said, yeah, we we want to offer you something, but you you're going away for a week training camp or like a week camp at this in London to play in this tournament. I've never, I've only just met the lads, like, so I'm like, oh my God, I'm going away. Like, I remember getting the train to Manchester train station, Piccadilly. Um, and my mum and dad came with me on the train. <laughs> and they were like, they were nearly crying saying bye to me. Because obviously they're <laughs> leaving me to go with lads that I don't really know. So they're like, oh, you're going away. You don't even know them for a week. Um, and then, yeah, I went on this, went on this training camp. I thought, I'm not even going to play, to be fair. I might be the number two because the other keepers have been there a lot longer than me and stuff. Uh, played every game and to be fair we played against good teams and we ended up coming I think it was third we came beat Chelsea in the third and no fourth place playoff yeah and you was away like, so that was an intense week of training playing games yeah it was one it was I think it was didn't David Beckham like create like an indoor football pitch in London or yeah. something uh, I, I think it was that no. when he first made that and then uh so we played like United City Chelsea they were all there and we were like just bolting like at the time we were like <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, they're going to come last or whatever. And we ended up coming third. Like, we just won every game, like, 1-0 or 2-1. Or so, yeah, it was good. Good memory, to be fair. And, like, obviously, going away with lads for a week just makes you get in. Like, it makes you gel so much quicker and stuff That like bonding that. straight yeah. away would have helped instead of you seeing them once or twice, a couple of evenings a week. Yeah, because obviously they're all lads who have been there since they were seven eight or whatever and i'm obviously coming in as 14 like they've all they're already best mates and all that like they've grew up together so to come in as a new lad like is a bit harder um i suppose at that age as well you just chat to anyone as well don't you, you don't really yeah you just get on with it don't you yeah so obviously yeah so that's how it, that's how it all started uh, your family obviously played a huge part then you say that obviously your mum and dad but we, we all i know quite well that your sister plays for man united there's strong family links to man united really uh, especially when I've criticised you in the past for playing two touch with your sister. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, <coughs> yeah, Millie's doing um, doing very well at the moment at United. She, uh, yeah, she started at United when she was much younger, but they didn't actually have a, a first team, a professional team. Um, so she she travelled around the country, went to Bristol, Bristol City. She went to Everton, um, and then obviously once United decided to make the first team, they they called her and said, like, do you want to be part of the journey sort of thing? Uh, she was a bit hesitant at first, I think, because they were in the second division. Uh, but then she thought, like, what a good, like, thing to be a part of from from start to, to where it is now. So, yeah, she's been buzzing. Like, she's, she's been there since the since the very start and obviously they're well, at the, the top of the league at the, at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's going really well. Yeah, and obviously, like I said, your, your family would have played a huge part. Uh, my family would would take me to training to take me to games and really try and push me but yours was slightly different as in like it just happened quite naturally with your dad being your manager and then 
you going down that route and getting scouted like instantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be fair, my dad always used to play me up front because he used to he used to be a striker himself. Like he played for Stockport when they weren't like they're not the team they weren't the team they are now and and he played for like non-league teams and he to be fair he used to have the nickname two goal turner because he used to always <laughs> score two goals. <laughs> Still got it cut out in the paper somewhere. <laughs> he told you to say that, yeah. and he <laughs> said, chop that in, Jake. <laughs> um, nah, so he always used to say, yeah, play off front, score all the goals, do all this. And obviously when I told him I wanted to be a keeper, he was kind of like, huh, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just something something different. But nah, he's obviously been, like, especially now, he drives all the way to Gillingham if I'm playing on a Saturday, and then he's driving back to Manchester to watch my sister play on the Sunday. So he's, I'd hate to see the miles on he's his car. up some miles there, <laughs> hasn't he? But no, he's done it since we were, since I was young, since I was first going to Bolton. He used to take me to train every day after a long, hard day of work and stuff like that. Like, I understand now, now that I can drive and now, now that you're kind of a bit older, like, kind of the things that he sacrificed to, to do, like him and my and my mum, to be fair as well. So Yeah, it is incredible, obviously, what parents go through. My parents were exactly the same. I was at Arsenal as a kid, but we lived miles away. We lived in South London, so it's the wrong end of London. Yeah. But they would every week take me two, three times a week. And I've got two brothers that were both doing, one was playing football, one was swimming and playing rugby. So like they took us everywhere. So I think that's one of the big things that listeners, is the parents are so crucial in like their the kids' lives and their introduction to football. It's, it, it goes unnoticed a lot of the time. Yeah, it's mental. I remember once when he... One training session, I, I trained, I think it was maybe a Tuesday night, and my sister also trained Tuesday night. So he dropped, we all went in the car together, he dropped her off first, went to Bolton, dropped me off, waited for me to finish, so he's waiting for like two hours, just sat in his car. He always used to say, I'll oh, do some paperwork, but I know he was just on his phone, playing, <laughs> playing Candy Crush or something. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we'd, he'd wait for me, and then we'd go back to pick up my sister. She'd be waiting for like half an hour for us to get there and stuff. So it's like five hours after after a six seven hour working day. So oh, it's the last thing you want to do, isn't it? As a as a dad. <laughs> right, I'm going to test your knowledge now of our quiz, goalie or no goalie. Oh no! Before we get onto your Bolton <laughs> career and where we first met, so I've got five goalies written down. Five are current international goalkeepers, and five are just fictitious names or celebrity names you might have heard of before. Everyone can head over to our YouTube channel and follow our leaderboard live. I've got Owen now doing a live score, buzzing about, because I can't count. <laughs> so we're crack on, right? This isn't meant to be easy, mate. Don't worry. The record's nine out of ten, yeah? That score will be zero yeah. by the end of this. Nah, you'll be all right. We <laughs> need to do right. better than four, not yeah. to come in last, yeah? So nine to beat, better than four. Can everyone that's listening along, you can play along live as well uh, and let us know in the comments how, how you've got on. We'll crack on, yeah? Yeah, Ready? let's go. Number one. Daniel Numov. No. He is a goalie. <laughs> Bulgaria and CSKA. What a start. You have to start somewhere, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. Number two, Orjan Nyland. Yes. You feel like you've heard that one before, haven't you? Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to need the correct terms. Goalie or no yeah. goalie? Goalie. He is a goalkeeper. Norway and RB Leipzig. He's been at uh, Aston Villa, I think, before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought I heard of Ch him. Chucked in an easy one for you there. <laughs> Number three, Gilbert Toyn. No goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. <laughs> he is the inventor of the whirly gig washing line. 
I thought you'd like this one. Because <laughs> I always hang clean sheets up. I, I always talk about this on my social media. And after a clean sheet, I used to always put up a picture of a washing line, didn't I? With clean oh, sheets on it. <laughs> so I had to give Gilbert Toyn a shout out. Thanks a lot, mate. You need well, a few of them. A few ah, of them washing lines. It's got to be a long washing line, that, mate. Number four, Joel Zimmerman. Ooh. It's a great name. It's a lovely name. No goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. He is actually Dead Mouse. Oh. DJ. I didn't think you'd actually bring up his real face. I thought he always wore a mask. <laughs> I've exposed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sue us. <laughs> You're on fire here, mate. Free. Number five, Claudio Bravo. Goalie. Yeah, there you go. There's your easy one, mate. <laughs> yeah, I knew that one. He is Chile and Real Betis goalkeeper, formerly at Man City. You've got an easy one, mate. I'm running out of international goalies, sir. Thought I'd chuck in a few notable ones. That was a good one for me, being a City fan, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number six, Park Jae-sung. No goalie. It's not Park Ji-sung, who you might be thinking of. <laughs> Park Jae-sung. I've got me thinking. It's just, it's just it's like the old double bluff. <laughs> I'm going to stick with no goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. Yeah. It is Sai from Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop! <laughs> I was going to sing then. I was like, "Better not do that." We get loads of people turn off. <laughs> Number seven, Badra Ali Sanga. Everyone looks in my eyes. It's like poker. This I think you're going to give it away, but yeah. you're actually not. <laughs> uh, my face don't really move a lot, mate. <laughs> I'm going to say goalie. He is a goalkeeper. He's Ivory Coast. And Sekahun, goal United goalkeeper in South Africa. Mate, you get these next what three. We've got a joint joint leader. If it's you a good get these photo, isn't it? That middle one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember that? He fell on his face and dropped the ball, <laughs> and they scored a goal. Do you not remember that? <laughs> well, that's quite a recent one. Isn't that it? was uh, in uh, the oh, what's the tournament called? The African, yeah, African, African combination. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, he fell on his face. I think it was like the semi-final, and then he pretended to be injured. <laughs> That was yeah, meant. There's a proper howler. Sorry, I hate bringing up goalie howlers, but yeah, he's in there, mate. Number eight, Nelson Mutz. Mutz. Moment of silence here. Goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. He is from The Simpsons, mate. You think oh, is, yeah. Nelson from The Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> is a goalie? I love The Simpsons. Have you seen him <laughs> playing goal before on The Simpsons? Because yeah. they predict a lot of things. <laughs> I reckon he'd be decent in goal. He'd be good at shouting at you. <laughs> there he is. American football. Yeah, nice. Nelson. <laughs> Number nine, Max Scourger. Goalie. Not a goalie. Oh, he's it's going so well. Run. so well. He is baseball pitcher for the New York Mets, reportedly the current highest salary in Major League Baseball. Nice. A lot of money, mate. That's decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> got to get a shout out if you're earning that much dough, isn't it? And number 10, Justin Bilal. I don't know how to pronounce some of these names. I do all right, to, to be fair. I think, I, think that, I think you nailed that one. I don't think you pronounce the J. I Just, think he is a goalie. He is a goalkeeper. He is Holland and Feyenoord goalkeeper. Seven out of 10, Jake. Well done, I'd mate. I take that, to be fair. That's good. I thought good I was going to get zero. Yeah, you was a bit nervous, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, very I'm nervous. I was you put Bravo in there. Yeah, <laughs> it was a tap in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, mate. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, so let's crack on then, right? At Bolton, we worked together. You were a young, young goalkeeper, but obviously you came through there, like you said. Uh, I think I, I might have been, I joined the first year that you went full-time. I think so, yeah. Maybe was what age is that? 16, 17? I think you were sixteen, nearly seven, seventeen that yeah. season. Yeah, that was the year that we got promoted out of League One. Uh, do you have good memories of that year? Bad memories of that year? Really good memories. On a personal note, um, you really fast tracked that year. What I can say is what I remember. Obviously, we had a, another young goalkeeper, James Aspinall, at the time. Me and Ben Anik were the, kind of the two first team keepers with Ben Amos in preseason, and then he left. Uh, I just remember that year you really developed really quickly as a goalkeeper. Yeah, obviously working with, it was kind of my first time working with professional goalkeepers in yourself and uh, Ben Amos. <laughs> professional goalkeeper and me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, Jay. <laughs> with obviously yourself, Ben Amos and, and when Ben Anik came in. Um, so obviously just working with you guys, like you you, you see, pick up different things you you from each of you. Um Especially gloves from you, <laughs> size twelves. Um, nah, and then obviously working with uh, Lee Butler as well. Like, you just feel like you come on a lot. Especially, like you say, that was my first full time being in, so I'm in every single day. Because um, you were dipping and out with Ian Wilcox and Tony Warner, who were the younger goalie co- coaches, uh, and then you'd join in with us pretty much most of that season. Yeah, well, obviously, you, there was a few injuries knocking about that year, so obviously, I was, I was kind of got pushed probably ahead of what, where I probably should been should have been and I was on the bench at what 17 was I yeah um but yeah obviously with that with the mix of the three goalkeeper coaches I think was good for me because obviously Wilco was the younger one so obviously he was the more intense sessions uh to fair uh Warner and uh Butts were basically quite similar like they were quite old school and they were they were do the basics right like repetition sort of thing and having that mix kind of pushed me on a lot I think obviously then like we said with Lee Butler we didn't do loads of goalkeeping it was more about keeping me and Ben entertained because we are big kids at heart <laughs> we love to play two touch head tennis we'd play pretty much every day no. uh, and foot golf <laughs> we, I'm sure Lee Butler invented foot golf and it's gone it's gone mainstream now yeah I remember the line game as well and the line closest game. to the line closest <laughs> <laughs> We used to just have these, like, in our warm-up, instead of doing a proper warm-up and stretching, we would just pot about the whole training fields, just doing these, like, random games, didn't we? Foot golf was the best because it looked like you were jogging. Yeah. But you were just having fun. You just literally, (laughs) 
you'd literally like you'd make up a hole so you'd be like right the 18 yard box is water you've got to kick it from one corner flag and stop it in the other corner flags quadrant but you're not allowed to go in the water so you just played golf but <laughs> so you'd win a hole and then you'd get to invent your next hole and we constantly played this and then the amount of times that like the gaffer at the time would call us over and say uh, goalies are you ready and you're like oh my god we've not even touched the ball with our hands yet <laughs> doing like one volley yeah, is, is there anything you remember about Mark in particular from sort of back in the day any, any stories about Mark uh, mainly his gloves his gloves were massive I remember once I think he gave me a pair of, I think it's been said before on the, on the podcast to be fair but his gloves were massive obviously I was, I was wearing probably like gloves that are too big for me anyway I think I was wearing side nines or tens at the time and Mark had like 11s or 12s <laughs> I remember he once gave me some. I tried making a fist and with the finger saves, I was like, Fingers all I think up. I could only get this far. <laughs> I don't think I was strong enough to make a fist. But no, no it was mental, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, with me and Ben as well, we were both competitive, but we both accepted that one would play and one wouldn't. And then when, I think that during that season, like you said, I got injured and then Ben came in. We just both were very solid goalkeepers, very consistent at what we did. Yeah. And both had our own qualities. I remember training with you and me telling you to to play like a keeper that's so similar to you. I was going, obviously you're six five, six six. like I said. I was going, look at like Fraser Fossey. You've got to be able to make saves like he does and block them more. And I was always the one that, oh, I'd like to think I've always been the one that would like try and coach you a little bit as well while we trained. Like, yeah, I actually remember that as well. You always used to say Fraser Foster because you were like, the, the shots when they're closer range and they're coming in low, like yourself and, and Ben might be able to get down quicker than me. Whereas I'm maybe making that as a foot save. Yep. And I was obviously in my head thinking, oh, but you're catching that and I'm just clearing that. But then you're thinking it's effective for me because I might try and get down and I might not get there. It might go through my legs or it might, I might try and drop down and it might go under me. Whereas if I just stand and use my height for shots that are there, there, I can then save them ones with my feet and it might not look as tidy as you guys, but it's more effective for someone of my size. You not all goalkeepers are the same though. So we've all got different physiques. We've got different qualities. Some have got better spring, some some read the game better. So it's all about knowing how to play your best game for what your attributes are. And that's one of the things I always say to young goalkeepers. I remember saying it to you that play to a goalkeeper that's so similar to you and watch their clips and do what they do because we're not the same. Like, I'm not going to make the saves that you can because you're taller than me and you're yeah. bigger than me. But then, like you say, my hands are massive. So I, I, I can control the ball with my hands like it's a, like it's an outfield player okay. using their feet. Yeah. So I always use, use the term stop the ball because I know my hands are big enough to just stop the ball if I get them behind it. Yeah. Like, obviously, you pick up, like, like I said before, you pick up different things from other goalies. So, like from yourself and Ben, to be fair, you were both so tidy. So in every training session, I was trying to catch things that I probably was still dropping because I'm trying to catch things that are maybe a bit too far out of my reach and stuff because I see you guys catching them. Obviously, being young as well, you're trying to, I'm trying to impress you guys, I'm trying to impress uh, Butts. So yeah, I was, I was probably taking that from you guys to try and be as tidy as possible. And Butts loved it when you caught one, didn't he? He was like, catch everything, catch everything. Catch everything, yeah. If you drop one, you start again and all this. But... Do you remember No Hope Alley I used to do on a Friday before oh, every game? You just whacked it anyway. So I've got this thing, I still love doing it. Uh, the last thing I'll do on a Friday before a Saturday game is called No Hope Alley. And it's uh, the other goalie would stand on a penalty spot and just hit the ball as hard as they can. And I'm trying to catch everything. I still do it. And like every now and then you'd make a worldy save. And I just think that mentally that that would prepare me for the next day of like, they are just trying to hit it as hard as they can, trying to score every goal. 
and like it used to be a random serve so you'd like fr that one would get really high and push you out and then yeah. one would be around your feet and it's so unorthodox I remember you having to try and serve that your first time. Oh my God, it was like Bambi kicking a ball. I think Butts took it off me. I was like, I'll just do it from yeah. now. Because Butts, Butts eventually, he didn't, at first, was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, it's just one of those things that mentally I know that like this is what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So he, he he then bought into it. I just remember your first time, mate. He just didn't get the service. And probably that. didn't catch any and <laughs> trying to serve it. I was probably missing the target. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> Right, from Bolton, obviously we got that promotion, but you were heavily linked that summer because you'd been so involved with a few big clubs and a, a couple of big moves. Uh, obviously, you got a, a really good move to Newcastle. How did that all come about? Yeah, so um, to be fair, my agent at the time uh, was from Durham. Um, so he actually, earlier on before I got the move, took me to uh, Darlington on loan, which is obviously near, near Newcastle, uh, kind of that way. Um, and actually had a quite a good, like, I think I went for the last, I didn't go for that long too fair. I think it might have been eight, eight to 12 weeks at like the last part of the season. And actually had quite a good, uh, good loan time there. Like I was, it was kind of my first, one of my first proper loans. Like I went to Staley with Celtic and I went to Frickley when I was a bit younger, but this is one of my first, like it's National League North. So it's quite a, it's a, it's a good, good, good standard. standard yeah. um, and I was still like, I think I was maybe 18 at the time. Um, and I was I was busy. I was making a lot of saves in every game. Maybe we were winning games like just, or or we might be losing games by one or two goals. But probably the at that time it was probably the best I've played in in a in like a a run of games. Because obviously you, you know what it's like when you're young and on the bench. However good it is that you're on the bench, you're not playing. You're not gaining that experience yeah, that you need. And, and that's what I needed. As like I said before, I came into goalkeeping at 14. 14, 15, like I've, you need games to develop. The only way you develop that quickly is playing games. So this was the first time playing games. So yeah, obviously I've done well there. And then um, with everything that was going on with Bolton, um, with the embargo and and, and the, the money situation and stuff like that, they, they actually weren't able to give out contracts at the time. Um, so obviously yeah, I had a few interests from uh, other clubs. Um, so my agent at the time obviously said Newcastle were interested. Um, so as soon as you hear a, a team that big and massive, yeah, yeah, you you can't really say no. To be fair, so yeah, I, I obviously it was it was hard to leave because I, I I love my time at Bolton. To be fair, like, but it's quite a whirlwind start to your career, and it really, yeah, it was mental. Like, obviously, coming through, like I said, and then you featured on the bench. I, I'm guessing it would have been about 25, 30 times that first yeah, season so. uh, to then. Obviously, we got promoted, and that was mental in itself. Yeah. Uh, we've talked off air about <laughs> you getting on stage and winning the Young Player of the Year. I don't know what, what took over my body there when I was singing <laughs> that song. <laughs> the White Cigar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so then, obviously, to then get a, a move to a club like Newcastle just must have been mental. Because obviously, like you said, we were under an embargo at Bolton, and things were tight financially. To then go to Newcastle and have all the equipment, the best training pitches, and to, to learn from some of the best goalkeepers in the league at the time, it must have been amazing. Yeah, well, I went there, to be fair. I, I went there wanting to kind of use that platform to then go on loan again. Because like I said before, I think it's all about, like you, you, you said it to me when I was young, like it's all about playing games. You need to play as many games as, as, as you can sort of thing. Um, but when I first went, they said, look, just, just use the first year to like a, a bedding in period sort of thing. Um, 
So in that year, I trained with the 23s at Newcastle uh, and obviously played with the 23s. And then the first team goalkeeper coach, he actually got injured. The goalkeeper coach got injured. <laughs> so he couldn't end up serving. So and then our goalkeeper coach went up to train the first team lads and would take us with him. So and then you're training with Carl Darlow, uh, Martin Debravka and um, Rob Elliott at the time. Um, so you're training with three really good goalkeepers. Really good Premier League goalkeepers. They've, they've all played in the Prem. They've all played in the Champ. Or... So to see that level is... Like to be training with that, and like, like I said before about picking things up from you and you and Ben, and to then go and do that with Premier League goalkeepers as well. Like you just pick up even more things, and even like the feedback they they give you, they they coach you through sessions, they help you in. Like they ask you about the games at the weekend that you've played. So yeah, it was unreal to like see how hard they train and and stuff like that. Obviously, the uh, being at Newcastle and the training pitches would have been loads better. Was there just more emphasis on getting out and training, more equipment that you could have used? Like, obviously, we were quite limited and we didn't really do loads of goalie training. So it must have been a total flip of that compared to Bolton. Uh, yeah, again, to be fair, like, we, we had a young goalkeeper coach. Uh, so again, like, obviously, I'm, I'm still young at the time. I'm tw 20 years old. Um, so I, you still need... Like, like I keep going back to when you and Ben were at Bolton, you were just doing things to, to get you ready for a Saturday. Whereas for me, I need things that are going to make me better. Obviously, you can still improve like yourself. Like you can always improve. And, but for me, I need to get to that level before I start just kind of ticking over. Yep. Uh, like I still need to get to that level now. Like I'm still improving every day. Um, so yeah, to work with a younger goalkeeper, coach, I think they kind of put a lot more into like, the physical side and like even like in the gym they're saying things to do in the gym um so yeah i think obviously you have the we didn't really have loads more different equipment i'd say uh kind of just still use cones poles yeah maybe like, like yeah just but that's good though that they stripped you back almost a little bit and went right let's get your strength right and then you'll become better on the pitch like those sort of things that are in place have steered you in good stead till now you know what i mean like you know how to to go in the gym what you need to get most out of your body and uh, for your career yeah because I, I remember when i was training with you guys i was you like got the name large like i was just skinny and still this skinny tall now but i was skinny i'm still quite skinny now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i need to get bigger but, <laughs> but now like being in I, I used to go in the gym like maybe four or five times a week when i was at newcastle um just to try and get stronger more powerful and like you do, you're doing things in there that at the time you think, why am I doing this? Like you're doing a horizontal jump. You're thinking, what am I doing this for? Like I'm just jumping. But then come the next week and you do the testing again in, in the month and your jump's higher, you think, oh, it has worked. A, so you keep doing it sort of thing. Uh, obviously, you moved away from home then. I bet that's had a big uh, effect on your life. Obviously, like, like we spoke about, you're, you're quite close to your family and that. So to move away, to move to Newcastle must have been a daunting experience, but also a very enjoyable one. Yeah, it was obviously tough at the start. Um, again, I remember, to be fair, I spoke to my sister at first because she obviously, when she was about my age when I moved away, uh, she was moving to Bristol. Um, so I spoke to her about that and, and she just said, to be fair, we all saw from when she was at Bristol, she came back. A completely different person she was like more she just chat to anyone and, and she was more like open and stuff so 
she was like, if you can have the chance to move away, go and do it because it might be for two years, five years, one year, but you'll you'll come back and you'll love it. Um, so yeah, obviously the first time I went, my mum and dad came down with me, I think, and they were, well, my mum was in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just because you're meeting new people, like you, obviously your parents, obviously they don't want you to be on your own and, and don't want you to be doing things that like might upset you or something but I was I was just really looking forward to it to be fair like I'm I'm quite an outgoing person so I was looking forward to the new challenges and stuff like that so and the Newcastle nightlife yeah I didn't really experience it that much to be fair <laughs> liar <laughs> Covid struck didn't it oh of course yeah what a bad time <laughs> right let's talk about your gloves this is Matt Smith and this is the glove review on the yours mine away podcast uh, I know you've currently uh, in the process of just switching over to Cali Air now. Uh, what is it you like about goalkeeper gloves? Uh, what size do you wear first? Let's start off basics. So all thanks to you <laughs> and Aaron Ramsdale, I moved down from a nine to an eight recently. Um, mainly just like, like Ram has said, like the latex was just that thing. That gathering, <laughs> that cupping. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually went down. This, I wanted to go down half a size and then they were like, oh, Try an eight. Um, we have like an eight ready, so tried an eight and they they fit much better. So yeah, I went I went to an eight, um, and yeah, it feels I really like you know I love my gloves to be tight. Yeah, I like them to feel like like you don't have anything on sort of thing. Uh, but with to be fair with the Callier gloves, like they're tight but they're thick. If you know what I mean. Yeah, the latex is thick, so it, it's the latex on the front is done in millimeters. So. Yeah. Some gloves are three millimeters up to four millimeters, five millimeters. It doesn't sound like big gains, but when you're wearing them and it's like a second skin, yeah. they are a massive difference. If you're catching a ball, you just feel so much softer. It's like a, a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never described them as a pillow before. That's very cute, mate. <laughs> uh, what type of uh, cup do you wear then? Have you got any preferences? Uh, go on to gone on to this one now. Um, That's a negative cut. Yeah. So it's, it's like a half and half, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's kind like of a, a flat palm a with roll, a bit of a, a, a bit of a roll and a bit of a negative. Oh, hybrid. Is that what it's called? Yeah, hybrid. hybrid. Nice. Yeah, so the, the two middle ones will be like a flat palm uh, and then with a roll finger on the outside. Finger. I'm so bad at the names of the cuts. There's uh, so mean, many different ones there. There is. Yeah, but every glove brand has got their own take on it and how they do things so and even the way it was just roll finger and negative. Yeah, or flat. There was always oh, three. flat. Yeah. So I've I've tried them all in the past and that it's all about finding which ones suit you best. Have you got a certain uh, pre-match superstition with your gloves? Uh, this is one thing that listeners have loved hearing about is how you look after your gloves going into a match. Do you wear a brand new pair? I wear, I wear as new as I can. So if they are brand new, I'd wear them maybe on a Friday and then wash them. I'd, I'd maybe only wear them on a Friday for... The volleys. Yeah, yeah, that's my routine. Volleys. Yeah. And then I take them off. I'll probably pick this up. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I oh, ran them for the volleys. I apologise. <laughs> and then I change gloves for the small side of games or yeah. whatever we're going to do. And then obviously wash them, wash them in the bath, wash them in the shower, let them dry on, on just a, a, an airing rack or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, and then, yeah, we're, they're good to go on the Saturday. Yeah. Obviously, if... if I'd then maybe wear that same pair of gloves for the, the next, next Friday and then the, the Saturday again. So in between each game then, do you put them back in their glove bag? Or do you keep them out to dry out? I keep them... Everyone's really got weird. a weird Really weird. Yeah, so I'll keep them 
My mum actually bought me a new era just for my gloves, like a small one. Oh. That's weird, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd wear them, say, on a Saturday. I'd wash them after the game, put them on the era, and they take like two days, I'd say, yeah. to properly dry. But you don't want them proper dry. So after like a day and a half, I just submerge them in water again, put them back so they stay wet, <laughs> and I'll dry them again. So I'll do that, and then come the Friday, I'll try them in, in the training again. Yep. And just do the volleys As again. if they're brand new again and yeah. just keep that routine. If you wear them only for one game, they're, they're, they're always good for another one or two or three games. Yeah, you can fair. always get three, maybe four games yeah. out of them. Just depends on how you look after them. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I, I don't like them getting too dry. Yep. I think I remember you saying never put them in the washing machine. Never put them in a washing <laughs> machine and never put them on a radiator to yeah, dry. Yeah, radiator is the worst. I yeah. used to do that too fair. Yeah. And then you'd peel it off the radio oh and it'll God. stick to the radio. And they they dry out and crack and it's horrible. I used to, I still hate it when people turn up to training for dirt, with dirty gloves. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, because it's like, they're your tools. They're, they're what you go to work with. I'd rather have dirty boots than... Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> boots don't matter, mate. <laughs> have you got any uh, pre-match superstitions? Um, I don't think I do, but I, I probably do because... Well, it sounds a bit weird, actually. I do, but I don't. You don't know that you're doing them, but you do. I always put my water bottle to the right of the goal if I look at it. Yeah. And that's, I don't know why I do it, but it just seems to happen every time. Even if I have a stinker in that game, I'll still do the next yeah, game. Yeah. It's just that's, that's your routine of where you put stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm one that I'm totally against. I don't know if keepers do it out there. I don't know if you do it, to be fair. is a towel in the goal. Um, hashtag ad, but I, my physio has told me I have to take a towel out because they're providing the club with free drinks at the moment. So I, I hate it. <laughs> Do I, you put it in the goal? Though? No, not in the goal. And, and it's like sat No, I don't mind taking a towel it. out. I don't, I don't even like taking a towel out normally. See, I, I, if it's raining, I'll take a towel yeah. out, but I'll make sure it's, I'll even put it on the floor. So it's getting wet anyway. So I don't really know why I take it out. But when I see keepers who put towels in the goal, yep. especially when it's in the corner, the ball... If the ball goes in the goal, it hits the towel. Yeah, it's, a, it's something a to, aim at, isn't it? to aim at. Say it every time. Yep. Even like daft things that I don't put my water bottle too close to the outside of my neck because if it's close to yeah, the goal, they're gonna still hit it. Yeah, exactly that. I put mine like yeah, far away or behind. The fans it. are basically drinking my water. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink his drink, please. <laughs> um, have you got any other like pre-match stuff that you do like for your food and that? Is there always like a certain routine that you go through? Uh, do you like now, Haribo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have many superstitions to be fair like I tape two fingers um, so I just I always do the left one first just at the bottom I don't know why I do it at the bottom probably does nothing to help my fingers but I just do it um, and then I take this one just because it's a bit as you can see it's a bit broken <laughs> a bit <laughs> but broken. I always do that one second but well, that's about it really who I don't... taught you how to tape your fingers you did Mark <laughs> <laughs> Because I was probably taping them. Oh, I, I was remember, probably taping the wrong one. <laughs> no, I remember the first time I saw your finger and it literally, it was like just wrapped up like a mummy. And I was like, oh my God, you can't move your finger. And I actually remember like taking tape out for about a yeah. week, didn't I, to our training sessions. Be like, right, give me your finger. And I'd be like taping your finger up for every session. Yeah. And after a bit, I was like, why don't I just teach you how to do it? <laughs> no, I actually use that exact technique now. Yeah. It actually works, doesn't it? Yeah. So I like the way that the tape feels uh, inside your glove because it like creates like a friction of that on the inside of the cloth. Yeah. That's why I really got into. Do you taping. tape every finger? Nah, I tape like the outside ones. 
Nice. Like rock, rock star ones, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> just in case like, just after the game. <laughs> right, let's talk about your loan moves then. From Newcastle, you went out on loan uh, to Colchester and Morecambe. Uh, obviously, they served you really well as in gaining experience and getting back into a first-team environment. Uh, talk us through what happened. Yeah, so I, my first one was Morecambe. Uh, so I went there in my second year at Newcastle. Um, so that was, I can't remember my age, maybe 21. Um, so this was my first loan move into the into league football, um, which obviously is a big step for for anyone who wants to be a professional goalkeeper or a professional footballer. Um, so yeah, I went to Morecambe as a number one. To be fair, they they took the risk and put me as number one, and, and I felt like I did done well in my first my first spell. Um, I think I played about seventeen games, I want to say, um, and then I found myself out the team. Um, and I ended up actually going back in, in the January, just uh, back to Newcastle because it wasn't really then working out in the end. Um, but now in that, league, in that year, to be fair, Morecambe ended up going up. So obviously I, I suppose I helped contribute yeah, to that sort of thing. A big part of them going up. Yeah, I think we were maybe second or third when I when I left. Um, so yeah, obviously that was a, another great experience. Did um, they send you your medal? No, they didn't actually. You should phone them about that. <laughs> Maybe I should get on. If that. anyone from Morecambe is listening, <laughs> give Jake his medal. We'll start a petition. <laughs> I got my shirts. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, you want the medal, mate. You still want the medal, mate. Got the one for Bolton still actually in my room. I didn't even play. <laughs> I was on the bench. He was on the bench a lot. Uh, so obviously then you went back to Newcastle, which is it's good though because you, you've gone to Morecambe, you've played 17 games, you've learnt. How, uh, first team environment you, you've actually played a part in a promotion season you've gone back to Newcastle you must have felt different when you went back yeah I felt like you you have that you think you've not not you've, you've not made it you've never I don't know if you've ever made it really I agree with that I think statement if you win the World Cup and you win the Champions League and you win the Premier League you've made it Messi's made it hasn't he yeah. <laughs> I think he might qualify for making it but I don't think you've ever made it until you you do that sort of thing. Till you're at the pinnacle, till you're at the very top. Yeah. Um, but you come back and you, you're just a lot more confident. Um, to be fair, the lads that, obviously I've gone back and I'm with the 23s again. I'm not really with the first team. Um, so obviously I'm I'm probably one of the most experienced, one of the 23s lads, because they've, they're obviously still quite young. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of just try and put that sort of experiences you've had into into them. Even like the outfield players, you're trying to show, tell them things that you've seen whilst you've been on your loans and stuff. Um, but now, to be fair, as soon as I came back, I was. You, when you've played games, you're eager to go and play so hungry, more games. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I was lucky enough to the next year to go to Colchester, um, which was a bit of a different one for me, to be fair, because I went there knowing I was going to be a number two. Uh, they had three goalies there. They had Shamal George. Uh, they had um, who else did they have? Dean Gherkin. Dean Gherkin. He was the experienced one. Yep. And then they had obviously brought myself in. Yep. Uh, Gherks was injured when I first went. Um, so obviously they were like, "Yeah, you're going to be the number two because uh, they didn't know how long uh, Gherks was injured. Uh, so when I first went, um, Dean actually was fit a lot earlier than they thought um so then obviously there was that bit of oh i'm, I'm going to be a number three now so just just like took it as it was like we just trained like done well uh sham started playing um 
good keeper, great keeper to be fair, great lad as well. Like we got on, got on well. Um, and then I was I was on the bench in the first game, so and then I kind of stayed on the bench. Um, and then Sham got injured, so I ended up playing again. Um, and again, I think I I played well. Like they they seemed to be pleased with me. Uh, they wanted to keep me on, uh, like because I was only signed till till January on the loan. Uh, they wanted to keep me on, but obviously sometimes like you, you know what it's like it can't it can't work out. Yep. So uh, I had to go back to Newcastle again. Newcastle recalled you, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it was because of like the financial thing. Uh, so, so they, uh, I think when I first went, they didn't pay any of my wage, and then they like they were like, oh, to re re uh, redo the second half, we need to pay like a little bit of a contribution. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, like we can't really do that. So, I went back to Newcastle again, um, and this was now like my last six months there. Um, so, to be fair to Newcastle, like they they were they were good with me. Like they let me. Because I kind of knew that I wasn't going to get another contract there. Um, and like, to be fair, I wanted to go and go out and try and play professional football like permanently. Yep. So they let me go and try like, a few clubs to like in my last six months to then see for the for the summer. So, yeah, but like you say, at my time at Colchester, like, I really, really enjoyed it. Even when I wasn't playing, to be fair, the, the coach uh, and the manager, like they were really good. Uh, they pushed me on a lot. So... Yeah, I felt like I was probably, like I say, even when I wasn't playing, I was probably training the best I've trained in a, in a long time when I was there. Yeah, it's good though, because you obviously were clearly enjoying your football. Yeah, I think that's the main, I think for me personally, I play the best and train the best when I'm, when I'm happy, when I'm yeah. smiling. If I'm, and even though I wasn't playing, I was still happy. That that's only natural though. The more that you enjoy it, the more you're getting out of it, the better you will be. Yeah, and then obviously when I when I did get in the team, I was kind of taking that into the games, and you then enjoy the games a lot more. You you and you you just feel comfortable, so you're playing well, like without even kind of thinking about it. So yeah, I think again there I ended up playing about fourteen, fifteen times in the end, which is for a number two, that's actually your and an all that amount of games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was I was obviously happy with with the two loans. Yeah, and then obviously from Newcastle, then you've now signed for Gillingham, your current club. Uh, I know the goalie coach well, Darren Abraham, uh, really good guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Again, another another young goalkeeper coach. So yeah. like I say I'm 23, nearly 24. Like I still need that young goalkeeper coach to to push me and to to make me better and in in different ways. And I think that's one good thing for me. I've had a lot of different goalkeeper coaches and a lot of different ages so I think you like you you would have like you pick up different things from different goalkeeper coaches you pick up different things from different goalkeepers so I like to think that I've took a little bit of everything from everyone and and I can keep doing that like in however long my career may be yeah uh, <laughs> obviously this season you've been kind of in and out of the team um, it's always hard when that's the case that you feel like you're so close to, to performing to your best and then for one reason or another, you're out of the team. To try and get that run in the team and get that consistency going is always the hardest thing for a goalkeeper because you're ultimately judged on your last performance. Uh, sometimes you need managers to stick with you. Sometimes you need the break. Uh, obviously, at the moment, you are in and out of the team, like I said. Uh, what's your hopes for the rest of the season? You're hoping to try and push. Obviously, you've got Morris there that uh, is, has been also sharing the games with you pretty much. Yeah, to be fair, like... Um... Like I said, I played a few games this year. Uh, again, felt felt like I've done well. Um, 
the 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 position of the club uh we're not where we want to be um obviously we're, we're near the bottom we have uh we we really want to be near the top yeah. um the size of the club and stuff like that so yeah we're hopefully on the up now with the signings we made in in january um and obviously the 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 massive turnaround the club's had with the with the owner etc um so yeah obviously by hope i can play a few more games before the end of the season um obviously glenn is is playing at the moment so i just have to like like you know you just have to try and train better than him and, and put everything into training to try and kind of get yourself the number one shirt again. That's exactly it. You, you, you keep pushing yourself. Uh, the more you push yourself, the better that you'll be. You're also helping him because you're pushing him. Yeah. It, that's how the goalkeeping works, that whoever's playing knows that you've got a good number two and you need to play better and vice versa, that you know that you need to train well and get when you get that opportunity, try and take it. That's it's, it's a hard thing being a goalie. Yeah. That's, like you said before, it's hard when you you might only get one game to show it. Uh because obviously, you, you as a goalie, it's so hard to replicate some of the actions like in training, like crosses coming in. You can do crossing sessions, but you're not having six, seven people running across you and smashing you and stuff yeah. like that. Or you're doing like over the top through balls. You don't really get that in much in training. I've never trained with floodlights. No, exactly. <laughs> so, you know yeah, I mean? so I've many... never trained with flood... in, in, I've had a 19 year career. I've never trained with floodlights. So doing crossing at night time is a total different thing. Yeah. But people don't take these sort of things into account. That at night games, it is a bit harder to see. Yeah. There is a shadow on the ball. <laughs> no, it's completely right. But yes, yeah, obviously you might need two or three games to, to fully be in like into it again. But like you say, you might not get that. So you have to show what you can do in that one game. So you have to just, like you say, you have to always be ready and you can't really... If you do get dropped or you or you're not playing, you can't get too down. And if you are playing, you can't get too high. Like it's that old, exactly. that old saying. And it don't be too happy and don't be too sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Mate. Exactly that is a motto for all goalkeepers, mate. Stay level. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, that's all we have got time for, Jay. Uh, it's been a really good, enjoyable episode. Lovely to catch up with you. Nah, yeah, it's been good. I hope to see you've you enjoyed again. it as well, mate. Oh, I've loved it, mate. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining in uh, and listening. Please go like and subscribe. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard, and producer Ben. Take care, guys. Bye. What a save from Mark Howard. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.